We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you mentioned uh, a couple of Sundays ago, as a church, we're moving into a season of uh, really making to focus really on making disciples through life groups and mentoring, and uh, just really emphasizing on that. But yesterday afternoon, we had our first get together of group leaders and mentors, and we had a great time just talking about this whole thing of how we're going to go about doing that. Really want people to get involved in each other's lives, begin to impart life to life, see change, see transformation and discipleship happening and really excited. Over a hundred people took up the responsibility and said, yes, we will be a part of this thing to make it happen in the church. We really appreciate that uh, coming forward. We hope many more will take up the responsibility of being life group leaders and mentors in the church and really make disciples so that we could perfect our city. Uh, this morning will be our last message in this series on the kingdom of God. We've been talking of the kingdom of God several Sundays. This is the eighth message in this series. It's our last message. And uh, next Sunday you'll have all of it in print. I think Tina is working on it and she's guaranteed to assure me that it'll be there next Sunday. She'll have this entire uh, whole series. There are actually 10 messages. Two of them we haven't preached here about kingdom culture and the literal kingdom that'll be in the publication you'll have next Sunday. Uh, but this morning, I just want to kind of wrap up all that we've been talking about as I just um, challenge us with this kingdom mandate, that there is a mandate on our lives, a commission, a responsibility, a call on our lives that Jesus has placed. It's the kingdom mandate. He put it for us this way. He said, when you pray in Matthew 6, he said, when you pray, here's what I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, I want you to pray that way. Pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which means the mandate to see his kingdom come is on you, is on me. Amen. In your home, what do you pray? Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In this home. In your apartment complex. If you're staying in an apartment complex. You come out. You look at all the apartments around you. See all the hundreds. Or several hundreds of people staying there. And you pray. Lord. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In this apartment complex. In your neighborhood where you're staying. As you get out. As you walk around. There are homes around you. People living there. Some you know. Some you don't know. But your prayer is. God. Thy kingdom come. That will be done. In the office that you go to Monday morning, you walk into your office and you've got friends, you've got colleagues, you've got bosses. Some are good and some are just terrible, whatever. All kinds of situations. You walk in there, your prayer is, Lord, thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done in this place. In your school, in your college, you're going into your classroom. There are colleagues, there are classmates, there are professors, teachers coming to you. And you're there praying, Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this place. That's a mandate that's on your life and mine. He said, I want you to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Wherever you are. Amen. It's our responsibility to see his kingdom come. His will be established in our lives. And uh, obviously, an answer to that prayer, whether you pray it in your home, whether you pray it in your school or in your college or in your workplace, you are going to be a part of that answer to that prayer. As you pray, thy kingdom come, God says, okay, it's going to come through you. Because you and I have learned in this series as Jesus said in Luke 17, 20 and 21, the Pharisees came to him and they were going to figure out, they're trying to figure out how is this kingdom coming? Jesus is preaching about the kingdom of God. He's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. But where is this kingdom? How is it going to come? And so he's, they said, you know, Lord, tell us in Luke 17, Lord, tell us how is this kingdom coming? And Jesus' response to them was, the kingdom of God does not come by observation. It doesn't come with this great fanfare. It doesn't come with the way you think it's going to come like the traditional monarchs and kings that you've seen marching in these great parades and doing all of this, uh, this drama. The kingdom of God doesn't come that way. But the kingdom that he's talking about, he said the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is within you. So as you're praying, God let your kingdom come in my home. That kingdom is within you. It's inside you. As you're going into your school, the kingdom of God is there. Wherever, whatever situation you enter in, the king and his kingdom has stepped in. Because the kingdom is within you. Amen. There is the potential for God's kingdom to be released into that situation, into that place. Because you've walked in and the kingdom is within you. You're carrying God's kingdom. You're carrying the manifestation of his kingdom, his authority and his power into that situation. God's kingdom is within you. Live that way. Be conscious of that kingdom that's within you. Amen? Now, there's one thing that you and I need to understand about the kingdom of God. That there is this dichotomy, this paradox, this two opposites. On the one hand, Jesus said in Matthew 18, He said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom. So there is this whole dimension of experiencing God's kingdom which requires child-likeness from us. But then in Matthew chapter 11, he said something else. He said, Matthew 11 verse 12, he said, From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Or in Luke 16 and verse 16, he said it. They say, For the law and the prophets were until John, but from that time we've been preaching the kingdom, and people have been pressing in to the kingdom. So there are certain areas of life and relationship with God where He just expects us to be childlike. Unless you're childlike, you cannot enter the kingdom. But on the other hand, there are things in life where God expects you to be militant in the Spirit. He expects you to be aggressive in the Spirit. Just unless you become violent in the Spirit, you cannot enter into that kingdom. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So this is something you and I must understand and begin to live. Being childlike probably is easy. Just send it on, Jesus. I'll relax. You know. Yes, Lord, just show me where the refrigerator is. I'll just take it. 
It's easy saying, God, okay, I understand you're much greater than me. I'll just relax. And God, you just do what you have to do. And that probably is much easier for many of us just to be childlike. But then there are certain areas of our lives where he calls us to be warriors in the spirit. Where he says, you have to take the kingdom by force. You have to press in into the things of the kingdom. So why do I have to press in? Is it, is it God holding it back from me? It's not God holding it back from you because Jesus said, Luke 12, 32, He said, do not be afraid, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you. He wants you to have it. He wants you to have righteousness, peace, and joy with describe His kingdom. He wants you to have what is in His kingdom. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you that kingdom. So it is not that God is saying, you've got to try to wriggle it out of my hands but there are two great enemies you and i face one of course you and i know we wrestle against principalities and powers there are demonic forces that are ready to hold back what god has intended and designed for your life and so when they oppose you you have to fight through to take what god says is yours but there's also another enemy that's closer to home it's just right beneath our skin it's called our flesh just rub rub the back of your palm that's another enemy. It's our own flesh. And sometimes in order to experience the kingdom of God, in order to receive what's in the kingdom of God, in order to receive what God has said, you can inherit. You've got to fight this own enemy, this enemy. Just underneath your skin. It's called the flesh. Because left to itself, our flesh will be so happy to take us all to hell. But you're fighting that enemy. And saying, I'm going to fight my flesh. I'm going to crucify this flesh. I'm going to crucify the ungodly desires of my flesh in order to press in to that kingdom and take what God says is mine. Amen. So I'm calling us this morning as we realize a kingdom mandate is placed on us that he said, you have the responsibility to pray the kingdom of God into every situation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There are times in life when God just says, relax, be childlike and you will enter in and you will experience it. But then there are other areas of your life and my life where God says, I want you with some forcefulness to press in to what I have designed for you to have. And you and I must be willing to say, God, I'm, I'm ready to be forceful in the spirit. I am ready to press in. I'm ready to fast. I'm ready to pray the prayers that need to be prayed. I'm willing, Lord God, to stand as I ought to stand in faith. God, I'm willing to do what it takes to press in, to see that kingdom blessing coming on my life, to inherit what you've said I can inherit. Now, any battleground that you and I refuse to fight, we've lost by default. Any battle you refuse to fight, you've already lost by default. So many of us, we see battles in our lives and we say, okay, throw my hands. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to experience the kingdom in this area of my life. Maybe I'm not going to see the blessing of God come through. Maybe this is what God is, a, this is my allotted lot and I cannot experience the kingdom of God in this area of my life. We throw up our hands without a fight and you've lost that area by default. I want to challenge you and me this morning. There's a kingdom mandate. He said, you pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And sometimes you have to fight to see his kingdom expressed in your life. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your profession, your job, your career. Where you're saying, God, I know that you want my children to walk with you. I know you want my marriage to 
at my home to be a place where there is righteousness, peace and joy. God, I know that you've called me to be successful in my workplace so that I can bear a good testimony. God, but it's being withheld from me. Question is, will you fight or will you walk away without a fight? If you walk away without your fight, without a fight, by default you've lost the battle. It's not that God withheld a good home. It's not that God destined your children to go to hell. It's none of that. But there are things in the kingdom that you have to fight for. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent are the ones who will take it by force. Amen. You say, but the battle's been so long. I'm ready to give up. I mean, how long should I keep standing? But Paul has this answer in Ephesians 6. He says, brethren, having put on the whole armor of God, stand. Do what? Stand. But it's going on for so long. Stand. How long should I stand? Keep standing. Keep standing. There are some battles that you have to keep standing. Just keep standing. Because you know that as you continue to engage the enemy, as you continue to stand, you will win. Amen. This past week, I think it was Wednesday, and just a personal thing, it was just feeling so there's just so many different things going on we had some problem in the bible college we had some all these things and i was in my mind i said god this is just too much god i'm ready to give up i am ready to give up i wish i could just run away from this (laughs) there's too many things happening god uh you know this was just in my mind just going through because there's so many battles god so many battles okay if it's one fight it's okay i can focus and fight but this is like, I've got to fight here, fight here, fight here, fight here, fight for everything. God, I'm ready to give up. And I remember that in the morning, just waking up. And I was not reading my Bible at that time. But the voice of the Lord came through. It was not the sound, loud, thundering, heaven, heaven splitting and all that. But that still small voice, God speaking from the 14th chapter of Exodus in verse 14, 15, 16. Just the same words he spoke to his people as he stood before the Red Sea. He said, stand Still, but today you will see the salvation of the Lord, but the battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. Second, tell the people, go forward. Third, stretch out your rod over the sea. God just speaking. I want you to stand still. It's not time to quit. It's not a time to throw up your arms and say, I'm ready to quit. It's not that. I want you to stand still. Second, go forward. It's not time to retreat. Go forward. Third, Stretch out your rod. In my case, what was that rod? It was a faith in my heart and the word of faith out of my mouth. said, I will speak over every area of my life, but I'm seeing battles. I'm seeing it's getting intense. It's getting too much. But I'm going to stretch out the rod that God's given me. His word in my heart. The word of faith released through my mouth over this battle, over this area, over this area, over this area. That's all I have. The rod of God in my hands. But God was saying, stand still. You feel like, God, the battle is so long. It's so intense. It's not just one fight, but I'm fighting so many fights at the same time. God, what am I supposed to do? Brethren, put on the whole armor of God. And having done all to stand, keep standing. Amen. Because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And it's the violent who will take it by force. There is a realm of God's kingdom where God requires you and me to be this warrior-like, be warrior-like in the spirit. He requires you and me to keep fighting. He requires you and me to having done all to stand, to keep standing. Amen. There's a kingdom mandate on your life. If you want to see the kingdom of God, there are areas of your life and mine 
where we will have to press in to the kingdom. So as we pursue God's kingdom, as we pursue this kingdom mandate, I just want to share a few things here that will help us really fulfill this mandate. It begins, first of all, by just bringing everything in our life in submission to the king. Just bringing everything in our lives in submission to the king. Where you say, God, everything in my life is about you and it's about your kingdom. God's kingdom has to become that pearl of great price in our lives. It has to become that treasure in the field. Nothing less. That it, the king and his kingdom so consumes you where you say, God, I'm ready to give up everything else just to pursue that. To pursue your kingdom. Lord, for me, your kingdom is that treasure in that field where I just leave aside everything and I will go after it. Everything in our lives must now be focused or centered around the kingdom of God. Bring everything in submission to the king. Jesus put it this way. He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. You You're worried about your job. You're worried about your future. If we can just say, Lord, everything in my life is going to be about that kingdom, Lord. I am consumed with this kingdom. It's that pearl of great price in my life. Everything is going to be about the kingdom. The reason I live is because I want to see thy kingdom come. The reason I work, the reason I study, the reason I do what I'm doing, God, is because I want to see your kingdom come. Everything in our world will just be centered around that. That's when we start fulfilling our kingdom mandate. That kingdom has become a pearl of great price for us. Amen. So I want to challenge you with me. Can we do that in our lives and say, God, everything in my life from this day forward is going to be about that kingdom. I want everything to have meaning for that kingdom, for the extension of that kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom of God. When I study, I want to position myself in a place where I can do something for that kingdom. In my job, I want to make a difference for the kingdom. In everything, it's going to be about that kingdom. I bring everything in my life, Lord God, in submission to the king and to his kingdom. I've put all my eggs in one basket. It's called the kingdom basket. There's no other options in my life. Then, as you and I fulfill the kingdom mandate, we must begin to unleash kingdom influence. Remember, the kingdom of God is within you. And that kingdom within you is like a little mustard seed, which when it is sown, is going to grow. Or Jesus said, the kingdom is like this. It's like the little leaven, which when you put it in a lump, it's going to affect that entire lump. And that kingdom is within you. You are an expression of that kingdom. You are that little seed. You are that leaven that's been placed in your office, in your school, in your college, in your neighborhood. So now he wants his influence to come through you. So as part of the kingdom mandate, you say, God, help me to influence my world. When you say influence your world, I'm not saying here you know, tomorrow morning you go to your office and you say, hello boss, I'm from the kingdom of God. You know? Like you say, what's wrong with you? you know? I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, tomorrow when you go to your office, can you be that little mustard seed in your office? Can you be that little leaven that in, that's in that lump? Can you be that salt, that light? Just by your thinking, the way you think, just by the way you do things, you begin to bring kingdom influence into your world. You just think different from the rest of the people around you. You just live different from those around you. What are you doing? You're bringing kingdom influence into that place, that school, that classroom, that office that you work at, or the friends that you move with. You're being that little leaven in that lump. Just by thinking 
kingdom and living kingdom. You're bringing kingdom influence. Amen. And remember that that kingdom inside you, as we have already said, is an overpowering kingdom. It's a pervasive kingdom. If anything is going to win, it's his kingdom operating through your life. But he needs to release that influence through you. You are that salt. You are that light. Can you begin to say, God, as I go to my workplace, go to my school, my college, I want to bring the influence of that kingdom in this place. I want to think kingdom. I want to live a kingdom lifestyle. We've talked about these things. You begin to pray, thy kingdom come. You see your boss, you say, God, I pray your kingdom come in this place. Let your kingdom come in his heart, his life. You see your colleagues, just pray a simple prayer. You're in that place. Lord, thy kingdom come among these friends that I'm working with. Let your kingdom come. A silent prayer. And you are being that kingdom influence in that place. And as you begin to do that, proceed to the next step. Begin the advancement, kingdom invasion, which is now you begin to say, God, give me some strategies. Give me some ways. Give me some methods to bring the kingdom of God into my sphere of influence. Whatever your sphere of influence is, wherever you are, as a, you may be a student, working in the school, college, wherever, uh, working in government, politics, wherever you are, you begin to pray and say, God, give me some strategies to see the advancement, the invasion of God's kingdom among the hearts and lives of these people. It's not enough to be known as a goody-goody person in your workplace. That's not our objective. Our objective is His kingdom must come in their hearts, in their lives. They must experience the king and His kingdom. Amen? So we don't just stop with kingdom influence. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a good start. And you've got to begin there to influence their lives and influence, show them what the kingdom of God is like. But then you take the next step and say, God, show me ways by which I can bring the invasion of your kingdom among these people that I live. God will give you some simple ideas. Simple things. Maybe get together a few friends and, and begin to discuss things from the Bible. He said, but they don't allow that in my office. Okay, go to coffee day. There's probably a coffee day next to you. Oh, this is not an advertisement for coffee day. But, or just go to a restaurant nearby. So let's meet there during lunch break. Or let's meet there once a week after office. Sit down there with four or five of your friends. And talk to them from the word of God. Maybe that might be a strategy that God gives you to see the invasion of his kingdom in the hearts and lives of people. Whatever it is, you begin to pray, say, God, show me how. How can I make my job matter for the kingdom of God so I can see the invasion of God's kingdom in my sphere of influence? How can I make my being in this college or in this school matter for the kingdom of God so I can see your kingdom come among these people that I interact with day in and day out? How can I do it? God will give you some ideas. It's very inspired by this testimony of Tommy Tani. I shared it last uh, yesterday with our life group leaders and uh, our uh, mentors yesterday at the meeting. Here's this man, Tommy Tenney. Some of you have heard, may have heard of him and heard his sermons as well. Uh, he was a pastor for over 10 years. And then he went on into itinerant ministry, just traveling around as a revival preacher, emphasizing revival and unity in the body of Christ. And God had given him so much favor. He would preach among the Presbyterians, the Baptists, the hardcore charismatics and the Catholics. And he would just preach among all these groups of people. God had given so much favor. And he was spending all this time preaching revival and unity in the body of Christ. And finally, God spoke to him and said, you know, Tommy, I want you to do much more than what you're doing. 
And he said, you know, God, what do you mean much more? Because, you know, I'm, uh, his, his whole entire year is packed. He's preaching like over 260 days out of 365 days. Uh, he said, I can't take on any more preaching engagements. He's written all these books and God chasers and, and so many wonderful books that are uh, blessing the body of Christ. And God, what are you saying you want me to do more? God says, look at your schedule. And he looks at his schedule and it's like more than 90% of his time is spent ministering to believers, spent ministering to people who already know about Jesus. So God is saying, now I want you to look outside the church. Do something for that. And uh, he begins to pray and then God moves him. Now he's a writer. So God begins, tells him to use his writing skill, not just to minister to the body of Christ, but to those outside. So he spends his time studying the book of Esther. And he comes out with this book called Hadassah. One night with the king, he writes this novel, Christian novel, releases it. And very soon after that, he gets a call from Hollywood saying, we read your book. We want to make it into a movie. We want you to come. Can you imagine Hollywood calling a revival preacher? And, you know, I forget which, uh, which company actually produced it. Maybe 20th Century Fox or whoever produced it. But here was Tommy Tenney sitting in front of these movie superstars, teaching them about the book of Esther. Telling them what Esther is all about. What a strategy. They would never call a preacher to come in otherwise. But could not God give you and me some sort of an idea? Maybe in your business. Maybe in your, your teacher. Maybe he'd give you something. Maybe not write a book, but something else. Which will just open up a door. So that people will want to listen to what you have to say. About the God you believe in. Amen. It could be some, a simple thing. But you pray and say, God, show me how in my world, in my sphere of influence, how can, what do you want me to do so that a door can be opened for me to see the advancement of your kingdom in the hearts and lives of people? God will give you some ideas. It might be simple ideas. But that's how you and I can see in some practical ways, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen. And as you are bringing everything in your life in submission to the king and to his kingdom, as you're being a kingdom influence in your sphere, in your circle, and as you are beginning to work out these strategies that God is putting in your heart and in your mind and seeing the advancement of the kingdom of God, also remember this, that his kingdom comes with power. That kingdom within you is a kingdom of power. Paul said, I will not... You know, none of anything in word or deed, but I, when I come to you, I will not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power. For his kingdom is not in word, but in power. And we've studied that. That kingdom within you is a kingdom of authority. It's a kingdom that comes with power. That kingdom is inside you. I was ministering to someone recently, and, and I, it just came that situation. And you know, when, when you're coming before demonic demons, and they're not going to say, oh yes, please come send us out. They're not going to do that. They're going to say, please don't trouble us. But that's when that moment you just realize, you know, there's a kingdom inside me and I have to be aggressive. I can't be goody-goody to this, you know, in this situation trying to deal with this demonic force. I have to rise up with strength and say, no, be a little aggressive. Because that kingdom inside you is a kingdom of power. And you know, the authority that is in that kingdom is in you. You've been vested with the authority of that kingdom. And so we had to be a little aggressive to dominate that circumstance, to dominate that situation and say, no, we will bring in the kingdom into this situation. We will enforce the kingdom of God in this place. 
The kingdom inside you is a kingdom that comes with power. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out two by two. In Luke 10 verses 1 and 9, he said, he appointed 70. He sent them out two by two in his face in every city and place where he was about to go. And he said, heal the sick. Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. When you go, he said, do this. Heal. Say the kingdom of God has come near. That authority, that power is in you because his kingdom is in you. Amen. Expect that. Expect the manifestation of the kingdom of God, the power of His kingdom through your life. Expect it. I'm not sure if I shared this testimony with you, but uh, this, this veteran was with cancer, and uh, maybe I did. Now, this was about Bill Johnson, Pastor Bill Johnson's church in Redding, California, and, and there's this testimony that was shared recently about he was an elderly uh, a veteran of the U.S. Army. He was, he was in his final stages of cancer. Doctors had given up, ready to die. They lived in a neighboring town. His son said, why don't you just, you know, as a last attempt, go to Reading. They pray for sick people. Why don't you go there? This guy didn't believe in God, nothing. Now, but he said, since I, you know, I'll just at least grant my son his last wish. He said, okay, fine, I'll go. So they take him over to Bethel Church. They have a, have a healing room there where people who need prayer come. So all these people gathered around this, uh, this huge big guy. He's dying, you know, last stage of cancer. Doctor's giving up. And uh, he says, I'm here because my son told me to come, okay. They said, yeah, we're going to pray for you. He said, sure, you can pray for me, but don't touch me. Nobody touched me. So they gathered around him, started praying, and he has his eyes open. He's looking at each one of them praying, making sure nobody touches him. But they're all praying. And after a few minutes, he feels very peaceful, so he closes his eyes. They're all praying, harmless people. So he just closes his eyes, just allowing them to pray for him. And in that moment, there's a 12-year-old boy who had not been instructed, don't lay hands. So he breaks, he runs through the crowd, breaks through the crowd, and he comes and puts his hand on this huge big guy. And boom, he goes out on the floor, knocked out for 45 minutes. He wakes up, looks around, says, who touched me? And they point to this 12-year-old, say, he touched you. Obviously, he's not going to do anything. And he went back home. He said, I feel a lot better now. So he goes back to the hospital to get checked up, the doctors check him up and they find no trace of cancer in his body. Completely gone. And then they, they keep calling him back because now 14 doctors are on his case. They want to find out how did this cancer leave. Keep calling him back for investigations and things. And finally he gets so fed up, he writes his own brochure of uh, who he was, what happened to him, our directions to Bethel, the healing rooms in Bethel Church, puts a map, everything there, goes back to these doctors, he gives them all the brochures, any investigation here, here's my information, contact Bethel Church. Here's what happens. Here's the point. A 12-year-old laid hands and God did something. Why? Because it's not your size, it's not your age. It's that kingdom within you. It's that kingdom within you. That kingdom comes with power. As you fulfill the kingdom mandate, let's not think that we're going to establish this kingdom here in the hearts and lives of people through our efforts. It's going to be by the power of God. The kingdom comes with power. Amen. I want to close with this. At the end of it all, it's about Him. Jesus said, when you pray, remember to say this, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. It's all about Jesus. Thine is the kingdom, Lord. It's not about me. It's not about my reputation. It's not about all people's church. It's not about whether you are liked, or whether you are accepted, or people adore you. It's not about that. 
It's about thine is the kingdom. The mandate on you and me is pray thy kingdom come. Do it from this perspective. It's not about me, God. It's not about my reputation. It's not about my name. It's not about my ministry. Thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory. Both the power and the glory belongs to Him. Amen? So stop being so worried about yourself. Stop being so worried about your name, your reputation. You know, let's not be worried about all people's church name. As long as we pursue His kingdom, pursue seeing His kingdom come, that's what matters. At the end of the day, it's His kingdom. It's His power. And the glory is also His. Amen? I want to encourage all of us this morning to embrace our kingdom mandate. Jesus has left us with this. I want you to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. He's counting on you and me to pray that prayer and see the answer to that prayer in our sphere of influence. That's why you are that good seed, that son or daughter of that kingdom where you've been placed. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.